Well, here we are, about roughly halfway through Lent. We're three weeks from Ash Wednesday and just about three weeks from the glories of Easter Sunday. We find ourselves somewhere in the middle, perhaps maybe even, maybe even the darkness of Lent, and that's okay. Perhaps we're at a point in our spiritual reflection and our spiritual journey this year um, where, where we have a lot to ponder, where we might feel like we're a little bit in the dark. I certainly know I do sometimes, and I think it's very fitting that in this scripture today, in our gospel reading, that we see Nicodemus came and searched Jesus out in the darkness. If you read, it's a beautiful interchange between Nicodemus and Jesus. If you go back and read the verses just prior to what we read here just now, um, some conversation between the two of them. Nicodemus was an important man, a Pharisee, a religious leader of the Jewish people, and he came by night to find Jesus. And I can't help but feel like there might have even been a little symbolism in the fact that St. John made a point to point that out. Um, Nicodemus was in the dark and he was searching for the light, and we can all relate to that. I think, I think as we think about Nicodemus, we, we might all find ourselves in Nicodemus, um, a, a very interesting character. And there, the conversation, you could tell Jesus felt for him and felt a connection to him. Jesus even ribbed him a little bit in the, script, in the verses just prior to what we just considered. Uh, at, at one point, Nicodemus asked him for the answer to something, and Jesus, Jesus says, you, you're here to, to teach and lead the Jewish people. He's like, and, and you're asking me? It, but you could even see a little humor there on Jesus' part as he interchanges with Nicodemus. But Nicodemus did come by night, and he, he, he was searching for light, and he found Christ, the light, in the night. What a beautiful model for us in our, our Lenten journey. Um, but th there was a little more to it than that, though. Nicodemus also, uh, because of his position, most certainly probably feared being seen speaking to Jesus for a great deal of time and having a fine conversation with him because it wouldn't have reflected well on him to his people. So another reason he came by night. And certainly, can't we relate to that sometimes, too, that we find ourselves perhaps putting a bushel over the light that we know is Christ and the beautiful gift that we've been given in that light. Sometimes we might hesitate to hold it up and share it and, and put it on high so that everybody can see it. But brothers and sisters, what did Jesus tell Nicodemus? He channeled the copper serpent in the desert back in the book of Numbers, and he said that the Son of Man must be lifted up, just as that serpent was lifted up so far back in the wilderness. And what happened back there? Well. The Israelites had lost their way again spiritually, um, and they were, they were uh, attacking God, and they were attacking Moses, his anointed servant. And so God allowed what the Bible calls fiery serpents to enter the camp of Israel and to attack the people, and the people were getting sick and were dying from the snake bites. So the people came to Moses and they said, please, we've sinned against you and we've sinned against our God. Please have mercy on us. Ask him to take these serpents away and save us. So God instructed Moses to create a bronze or copper serpent, fasten it to a tall pole, put it on high so that anybody who would could look upon that serpent and, and receive healing and forgiveness. 
And that's just what happened, brothers and sisters. The snakes were turned away. Those who gazed in faith upon the copper serpent were, were, were healed, and the Israelites moved on. Interesting that Jesus would point to himself in this situation and draw a comparison. He asks that he, he doesn't ask, he says that he must, the Son of Man must be lifted up. And we, as Catholic Christians, have a long tradition of lifting up the Son of Man, do we not? Don't we take great pride in it? And I use the optical aid today because Christ is not currently with us on the crucifix. But just if you can see it, just gaze upon him for a moment. Christ incarnate, God incarnate, God made man come to die for us, a mission of love, brothers and sisters. He loves you and you and you, every one of us. He even loves me. He loves us all. He loves us, he loves us in spite of what we, what we carry inside, what nobody else knows about. Whatever the case might be, he loves us. He loves us. He loves his family that he purchased here on earth by his death on the cross, and he loves his church. And he expects that we exalt him and lift him up, and he expects that we look upon him once we do. We've been given a beautiful gift in the crucifix. What a beautiful gift we have as Catholics to be reminded of Christ on the cross. And that has been our tradition for thousands of years. Yes, the event on the cross that, that saved mankind, that, that, that bought us back from death, that blew open the human grave, that event was for all time and an eternal event that shook the world. But he also knew that we would need some help on our way to our own Easter Sunday. He, so he left us the sacraments. He left us himself in, in, in the Eucharist, which we all once again get to come forward and participate in. But he also left, left us the cross, the crucifix. He left us the invitation and the instruction to come forward and bring what plagues us, what holds us back, what hurts us, what has broken us, to bring it to the cross and lay it at the cross and allow it to be sanctified in his name and in the precious act that he committed on the cross on our behalf. So certainly something for all of us to treasure and hold dear as Catholic Christians. And we have some very simple traditions that will aid us in doing just that, that are so simple and so easy if they're done in a heartfelt way. You know, the other day my, uh, my, my mother-in-law called me and she said, I just saw something on, on simplycatholic.com. She got an email from it. And sure enough, you can register and get daily updates. And there was a six-minute read, um, essentially, on six reasons why Catholics make the sign of the cross. Such a simple thing that we all do, hopefully, and hopefully we all do it a lot. But, but why do we do it? What does it mean? I'm not going to go through all six, but a couple of the points were that it's a mini creed. It reminds us of the creed of our faith. It reminds us that we open ourselves up to God's plan and accept it into our hearts. As we all know, it's a remembrance of our baptism, of our, give, of our, our, our dying in, in, this, in the sacred waters sacramentally and rising sacramentally with Jesus and opening ourselves yet again to his plan. It's a two-edged sword against Satan, brothers and sisters, and Satan is real. Satan is attacking us and he is out in this world. We can see it very clearly, can we not? But it's a two-edged sword that has been making Satan cower and tremble with fear since the first Good Friday. We have all of that at our disposal in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father Walsh, when I was just becoming Catholic one time, said something so simple, and it has stuck with me. He 
said, when you make the sign of the cross, he said it one time at, at the end of mass, I'll never forget it. He said, when you make the sign of the cross, let's remember to do it with purpose and intention. Let's remember what we're doing. Slowly touch our forehead, our heart, our breast, and remember why we're doing it. It's the most powerful symbol in the world, the most powerful of prayers. And it's there for us on call whenever we need it. All we have to do is make that sign. Another beautiful thing that we can do together as a community as we venture through Lent, you know, we weren't able to do this last year. We had to do it virtually, but we're back to being able to come together and do the Stations of the Cross. And we have, I believe, about three more of those at least here uh, through the end of Lent happening every Friday here in the church. Please, you know, check the bulletin or the, or, or the, um, the internet, our, our website for that. A great opportunity to journey with our Lord right up to the crucifixion. So there is a, a many ways for we as Catholics to take power from the cross, if not just gazing on it wherever we have it fastened up on the wall in our own living room. But Jesus does ask us to not, he doesn't mind if we have to come to him in darkness sometimes, but he expects us at some point to step into the light and to lift him up before the world, does he not? And you know, Nicodemus, we'll go back to him, wound up being a beautiful example of that. And that's why he went from Jewish Pharisee to Catholic saint, because he did find Jesus in the night, and he might have even hidden a little bit when he did it. But after he found Jesus, he did something with it. He stood up and defended Jesus when Jesus was brought before the high court and was when they were trying to crucify him. And then later on, he showed up with, with um, Joseph of Arimathea, and they anointed Jesus's body. They actually went to Pilate and asked for Christ's body after the crucifixion and properly anointed it with myrrh and aloe and spices. So we see clearly that Nicodemus learned that lesson about stepping into the light and exalting Christ. So brothers and sisters, let's find our way. What, how can we exalt Christ? How can we find a way to step forward, use the cross in our lives a little bit more, bring things to the cross a little bit more and let them go as we push forward towards the joys of Easter. And Easter is coming. No matter how dark it might seem right now in the world or personal events that have happened in our lives, Easter's coming this year, and someday our real Easter is coming when we will experience the same joys that Jesus Christ opened up for us because we exalted him. Amen.